that in the midst of the darkness that covers the earth, your government has been consistent. That of the increase of your government and your peace, there shall be no end. We are so grateful to be in the side of the divide because there is a simultaneous experience in the days we are in. Darkness covered the earth, cross darkness the people. But at the same time, the glory of the Lord shall be risen upon us. We are so grateful that it's it's in your power to put us in the side of glory. And Lord, we are so grateful that this glory does not intend to dwindle or diminish at any time. And as we approach the climax of the revelations of the things that you bring to the earth, we ask, oh God, that you show us mercy that we remain partakers forever. Lord, we ask, oh God, that this evening will not just be a preaching time. Lord, that you bypass every arrangement. That you might reach your people by yourself. Lord, override the homiletics and the practice, professional practices of the preachers. Help me, Lord, not to come from the angle of the things I know. But Lord, help me to stand between the porch and the altar. Speaking as your oracle. Lord, just your mouthpiece. Lord, that in this also I'll be a partaker. And we are confident. And our confidence is not of ourselves, but of you who have made us able ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letters, but of the spirit. For the letter kill it. The spirit gives life. We ask you tonight, Lord, that you cause the spirit and the life of the experience of this gathering to be very profound. Lord, that it will be memorable forever. Lord, that you will do something that we cannot undo. That you'll do something that will outlast our time. Blessed be your name forever. We have prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Celebrate Jesus once again as you take your seat. Thank you so much. Um, not taking it for granted. Um, the leadership of the house. Pizak and his beautiful wife. And everyone that God has chosen to be leader in Glory Center Community Church. I want to congratulate you once again for another milestone. And I pray that your journey will continue to witness glory as your name is in the mighty name of Jesus. My business tonight will be a bit unusual. I'll, I'll try and stay in the part of teaching and not prophesying. So, so even if you don't trust me, that, that's, that's what will happen. Because I just, I just, um, I sense that um, God will be, however, teaching is also prophesying anyway. So, 
You see, prophets are majorly preachers and teachers. Pro prophets are not um, prophets are not soothsayers. <clears throat> One of the things that the scripture, I mean, that we learned in the in the makeup of Israel was God giving them strong warning, warnings about soothsaying. And you wonder why. Because soothsaying, soothsayers have access to the spirit. And they bring knowledge. And one of the fears is when you have soothsayers, you may have knowledge enough not to walk in the walk of faith. You can have knowledge enough. The knowledge God wants you to have is to walk in faith. The knowledge God wants to give you is the one that will make you walk in faith. But the way we are wired, we have an illegitimate curiosity in the flesh. So we seems to want to know the nitty gritty. And the prophetic does not promise the nitty gritty. Are you still here? So prophets are not people who speak every time. A prophet is not known by how many concern he engaged with. How many topics he was able to participate in. Just like you see your prophets today. They are in soccer. They are in advertisement. They are in everything. When you see a prophet outside those days, you will wonder. There must be a reason. When a prophet comes out, he's a messenger. It's not just emotional. It's a messenger. It comes with a message. And his message carries authority. Uh, there was a time, a king, after being so distressed, sent his messengers on errands to another nearby city. I think Ekro. And he asked the servant to go and meet soothsayers, witch doctors, necromancers. These people have illegitimate access to the spirit. And they can give you information. How readily you make information available is not what makes you a valid prophet. Not information. What prophets make available is the mind of God. There's a difference between making available information and making available the mind of God. So, so it's two different things. So, uh, the king was so frustrated and he sent to Ekra. I'm talking about King U. No. Uh, Saul sent to Endor. It was King Ahab that sent to what? Bible students. You know, these days, you love revelations, the simple readings you don't really like. You just want to do, oh! Anything that tickles you is revelation. And some of them are not light of the spirit. They are just light of your mind. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Flesh and blood reveals. And you can package the things revealed by flesh and blood and it will be so amazing. The fact that it's amazing does not mean it's a revelation of the spirit. Revelation of the spirit is the things that come to God that helps you to access the things that are freely given unto you. Of God. 
Not that just tickles you and makes you, oh, the arrangement is so nice. And it came out in this. I didn't even know it was going to come out from that angle. <laughs> Every experienced person that talk can come that way. So, Jesus could decipher when Jesus said, I mean, when he said to Peter, thou art Peter. He said, flesh and blood has not, because he has met several guys in the Jewish line who came with flesh and blood revelation. But this time around, he knew that it was the father that was, re, that was bringing it to Peter. So he approved of it. So while that man sent to Ekron, the prophet was in his hideout and picked it. That that man was defiling the lines of the government of God over Israel. God outlaws you entering into knowledge that he has not given you. In fact, oh, maybe another day when I come to church, I will open this up to you. The topic today is different. I will open this up to you to see how much of emphasis God places on consulting spirits which, and in fact, if anyone is found among them that practices any of this, he will be put to death. So when the prophet, the prophet was quietly there and God called him and said, okay, go and meet those guys. They want to defile Israel by going to Ekron to seek a witch. And the prophet went to meet those guys. I said, is it because there is no God in Israel. That your master has sent you to seek after a witch in Ekron. He said, now therefore, that's prophetic authority. He didn't give him a revelation. He just gave him judgment. And he didn't meet the king. He sent his messenger. I'm, talk I'm talking about prophetic orders and authority. He sent his messenger. So now therefore go tell your master that because he has done this, he will surely die. And not, oh, somebody just gave me that scripture. <laughs> to seek for, to inquire about Sebu, the God of Ekron. Is it because there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore, ye shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. And now, you know what amazes me? Prophetic authority. Those guys went straight like dummies. The spirit of prophecy took them over. They went straight to meet the king. If you say anything anyhow before a king in those days, you are dead. They said, okay, we met somebody the way. He said, therefore, Thou shalt not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. And the spirit left them. Ooh, they were in trouble. That's prophetic ministry. I love to discuss prophetic ministry. It's a prophetic ministry that will make a man come and interpret the sign that the king saw. And the sign means many. Mene, teke, or 
that your kingdom has been how do you say that to a king? And when the king, when the prophet came, the king said, if you can give, if you can give me the interpretation of this, I will give you a royal apparel. I will give you gold. I will give you precious things. The, master, the, the prophet said, none of the above. I'm not interested. But I will show you your writing and interpretation. And when he showed the king the writing and interpretation, the king, the judgment came upon the king. He still ordered that the gold and the apparel be given to him. You are coming to new orders of influence. Well, you will not be afraid to do the will of God. Because the, the people you least expect the favor from, God will confide on them to do it. Oh, I know you like to say amen to that. And you know what amazes me in this um, Elijah's experience was, Elijah left. And the only thing the king could ask the people, the, the servant, who did you meet on the way? They said, we don't really know him. Prophets are not Facebook faces. I'm sorry, I'm not. You know, apostles are meant to do a lot on the surface. And the open. An evangelist. Prophets are not common. Go and read your New Testament. It doesn't mean they are not important. But visibility is not their portion. Your kidney is very important, yet you, have, you have never seen it before. <laughs> if we put three kidneys down, I ask you to come and pick your own. <laughs> now, okay, okay, God says, okay, we are putting all the kidneys on the table. If you put, pick the right one, you, are in, you pick the wrong one, you are in trouble. Who would recognize you? Or your heart. Your heart is so important. If I told you I've seen it in a in a through a machine, you will not even be able to tell. I'm only saying that this apostolic generation will come to a point where we will begin to decipher God's operation and have understanding. One of the weakness of the days we are in is that we are mostly a people without understanding. So we fight each other for nothing. Nobody is ready to stay in this place. If anybody starts growing and doing well in service now, the next thing we'll be thinking is how it will become the second in command. Do you get what I'm saying? And these things will die. God will have to keep us through processes where we'll have to fall into ranks and not break ranks. They asked, the king asked the servant, who is the man? He said, we don't know. He said, describe him. They said, an hairy man with a leather belt. Oh, you want to make me preach now? <laughs> with what he was known with was his belt. His gadu, a prophetic symbol of truth. That's the only description. They said, we saw him. It was an hairy man with a gadu. And he said, this is surely Elijah, the teach by. It's only kings that know him. 
<laughs> Let me go to the business of the day. John chapter number 20. John chapter number 20. So, I just, I just speak in the spirit that God is pouring forth a grace. It is for prophetic scribes. Those are the first dimensions of grace, the earth witness, the things that Moses entered into. That he could scribe visions of heaven and document them. And God dealt with Moses with so much of writings. And when God was going to close this document, he closed it with another person who did a lot of rights, for this is faithful and true. And the anointing is coming on some of you here. That is an influence of the Spirit on you that will make you very influential in scribes. And I'm picking in my spirit that there are at least three people who are going to be very profound in that grace. The prophetic is so deep. How can somebody enter into the throne room and had conversations? I wrote it down. He had conversation when they said, now let us make man. A lot of people talk about John. They don't talk about Moses. I'm always amazed at Moses. I've always taught you that eternity is the spirit reality. It's the reality of the realms of God. Time is a short space. Because it was created. Time was created. Now let me show you how I was describing it. When I stand like this, I say between point A and B is what you call time. And in God, the, the reality of A to B is visible. That's why those who move above this realm called time, they can peep. And they will tell you, that lady will come. I will, we will give her to a baby. It's not seen by the spirit of God. It just came out of time. So when Moses came out of time, he went to when they started. And there is no information that is lost in the spirit. That's why every word you speak, they can judge it. And you, you spoke it carelessly. And you said, so when they are bringing the reality back, for every careless word, because, oh my God. Word, to them in the, that realm, word, the word you speak is a resource, is a tool that is given to you for government in the earth. But because of your fall, it became ordinary. It, it's, <laughs> it's just like those days, my uncle had a Range Rover. And the Range Rover had become moribund. And he, he was abroad. We used to call him Daddy London. And one day he came back. 
We used to play inside that Range Rover. We play. We go, hey, oh, yeah, move, oh, yeah, get one, get two, hey, go, 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 drive, move. The thing has gone horrible. When the man came one day, I met people, children, plenty children, pouring sand. He stood. He said, "Oh, if you knew, if you knew what this meant, that's the way some of the things that become ordinary to us." were real resources that were treasured in heaven, kept with us as tools with which we govern the earth. But after the fall, they became just instruments of communication. Words were not actually designed just for you to be able to communicate. So when Jesus came, he said, but I'll tell you, for every careless word, I do word that you speak. There will be a reckoning. Abi? And it's so important that we learn that in the beginning was the word. That means the first is the word. That means the most important thing is the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. That means if you don't have anything and you have the word, you're all right. And the word was with God. The word was not with doctor. I told my friend, I said, was the word with doctor? He said, no. Was he with chemistry? He said, no. The word was with God. So if you learnt it from chemistry and you've not learnt it from God, you are not yet there. That's what frames reality. So we must align words to the order of his word. That's when we start living. I don't know why I'm just going left, right and center. But I'm, I was just trying to make you see that Moses was so important in the prophetic experience detailed in the Bible. He was the one that went to the beginning. And, and they were talking. And he was there. He said, let us make man in our image. Not even Abraham. The affair of this fall had been on for so long. Until it, we came to Moses. And so Moses was the one that was given the authorship. Of document. So they put grace upon him. And he enters strange places. And some of the things he brought. Science has tried to fault it since. They've not been able to fault it. Grace is coming on you. Some of you. You're going to find out that you'll be. You'll be, you'll be learning. Things beyond. Your five senses. And you'll be bringing documents to us. Amen. Hallelujah. John chapter number 20. Um, I like to be. I'm still going to take another session, right? Uh, so, so let me be very brief. Hallelujah. John chapter number 20. And we're going to read from verse 20. Let's read from verse 20. So that we can speak to this apostolic generation. John chapter number 20. Okay, you can come from verse 19 so that we take it. It's a story you like. You see, these days, I've, I've, I'm beginning to step up the, my ability to preach to people. I like to go and look for stories. When you tell people stories, they will listen more to you. If you don't tell them story, they will sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sleep. They sleep on Paul the Apostle. He was more anointed than me. 
And they sleep on person. Who am I? Who am I? They slept. People slept. My friend said, I, I hate for people to sleep when I'm preaching. Well, you can't stop it. If you can't catch their attention, they'll sleep. Pastor Kumi said, people were sleeping in the VG. He said, and I speak the word of Christ. Right now, you're going to hear, shout, hallelujah. <laughs> all of them jump up. The only one they had was shout, hallelujah. All of the sleepers jumped up. They shouted, hallelujah. You are going to hell. Shout, hallelujah. You know, I got you now. I got you now. Clap for yourself. Now you can follow me. Now you can follow me. All right. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, this is how the apostolic order started. For the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. This guy started in fear. The biggest experience of change that I've seen in all documents ever is the one I saw in Acts of Apostles. How can people change within just 50 days? All the teachings Jesus gave for three years didn't put them in that pro pro proper position. Everybody ran away, including Peter. Then Jesus knew that that's how much they could go with the first experience. The first experience, that's how much you could go. And, and I tell you, if you try and disciple people in the flesh, that's how much they'll go. When real issues come, they will run for Jesus. But when you begin to bring them into that arrangement of the spirit, when they begin to have very personal spiritual experiences with Jesus, they will move with Jesus forever. These same guys who later started getting matired, ran away. Do you understand what I'm saying? They ran away. Peter denied. In fact, Peter was told he would deny. He had forgotten. The fear so overwhelmed him that he had forgotten that they told him he would deny. He denied first time, second time. He wanted to remember. Fear no go alarm. Third time, he still denied. And he said, Oh, but what do you want to do now? I don't deny, I don't deny. Make her they go. And they were a class of people who were living in fear. And they shot themselves. But Jesus came in. They started having some experience. Give me the next verse, verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hand and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And the next verse, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me. That's what I'll be dwelling on. In my time with you. As the Father has sent me. I also sent you. So 
we must follow the order of his sending for us to understand our sending. So what he was simply saying is, I came to teach you how to live. That was what I demonstrated in 33 years. And if you must understand your sending, you must understand my sending. Ask the Father. So it becomes very pertinent for us to examine how Jesus fulfilled this apostolic assignment. There must be a pattern. There must be an order. And we must look at it closely. Else, we will think we are apostolic people. You know, one of the things I've noticed about the popular words we use so often is that we don't even understand them. Some words have been so used until they have become misused. Like the word church, the ecclesia. So we are not even close to the understanding of what the word church means anymore. That we have to come back to definitions and redefinitions. All right? Uh, when, when you call it a church, there are people who meet regularly and mostly they will meet on Sunday, on Sunday morning. If you have a class of people who come together often and they don't meet on Sunday morning, who are they? They are fellowship. So I took one of them to Dubai. I said, these guys in Dubai don't meet on Sunday. That means all of them are fellowships. Religion has manipulated us. That God has to help us to begin to do a lot of redefinition. And we have become very organized that our structures has become monsters. Monsters. That doesn't particularly follow the order of the spirit. But it's exciting to see these people. These people who suddenly became bold under 50 days. I looked at the time from Passover to Pentecost. These people came back Bold and better than what they used to be. But this is how, how it all started. Are you following me this evening? So Jesus said to them, peace be unto you. As the Father have sent me, I also send you. And uh, no, verse, verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So it was not the day of the Pentecost they received the Holy Spirit. The process that led the, the day of Pentecost was a prophetic description of the harvest. Why do you think he had to die, die during the Passover? 
Could he not have died in any other time? Was, did he program himself to die in the Passover? It's just telling you that if, if we look at, if we look at the shadow, the patterns in the shadow, we can understand the realities of the spirit, even in the time we are in. All right? So, Jesus had to die in the Passover. Because the cycle of three major feasts, and the second one major feast will be Pentecost, which is uh, what we call the Feast of Harvest too. Because that's where you have the first bulk of harvest, of grain, being harvested in Israel. And all the feasts are tied to harvest. The ingathering, which is the Feast of Tabernacle, is when you have gathered in all your labors from the field. That's the final, final harvest. So the Pentecost is significant of the fact that the harvest just begun. And so the Holy Ghost initiated harvest of the kingdom through that Pentecost description. And he made sure that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was an announcement in heaven concerning the ecclesia. That's why today, I still follow the, the nation Israel. I look at their cycles. One of the ways through which I'm prophesying into your next year is because this year is a Shemitah year. The cycle of Shemitah just completed in September this year. So next year is the beginning of another cycle. Oh my God. If I'm speaking to next year, I will speak prophetically to next year and it will be so accurate. The cycle just completed this year. The sabbatical seven-year cycle was what God gave them. That at the seventh year, you will not go to farm. You do nothing. And all God was trying to tell them is that when you get to the land, you will not think it is your self, it is your strength or your effort that gives you sustenance. Uh, don't think work as sustenance. Think work as assignment. If you think work as assignment, Paul was advising them that none of you should be idle. You should labor so that you have, you have to give, not to eat. We don't have to, to eat. We have to give. We, ooh, our, our engagement is with a sense of assignment. Hallelujah. So, so God can put you out of that oil company to give you a Sabbath experience. And God wouldn't have wronged you. God would just have been processing your heart to be adequately positioned for him. And the question, the big question that Moses asked them in that day he gave them the law was don't be annoyed go and read your left verse 25 in this seventh year there will be a total imbalance there will be there will be an alteration in our cycle economic cycle because we are predominantly a gregarian. If we don't plan this year, we won't have seed for next year. 
How do you do the mathematics? So God said, okay. Curious people, I'll explain to you. You see, in your sixth year, I will command my blessing. So if I put you in a sabbatical year, you will not feel it. He wants you to understand it's him that planned your life. That's why I put you out of job sometimes and you never knew that you were out of job. I said, the devil put me out of job. It was people from my father's house. No, it's God. He, he's giving you a Sabbath experience. Hallelujah. So, when he's fed you enough in the do-nothing days, the day you begin to do, you'll not be attached to do. So he said, I command my blessing on you on the sixth year so that in the ninth year, you will still be eating from the produce of the sixth year. Now listen to this. This is the funny experience. By the eighth year, they will now start sowing again. It's always with a fresh mentality. The eighth year. Next year is the eighth year. According to Israel's cycle. There's a grace for a new beginning next year. So I'll speak to the things that God is showing and speaking to my heart. You see, God wants you to judge time and understand time. And the protocol of time is described in John, I mean Genesis 1.14. The protocol of year and day and season. God described your cycles. You in your own calendar have it well. I mean, planned out. You have months, you have hours, you have weeks, you have this. And those are legitimate uh, cycles. But the ones I found in the beginning was day and year. So when I want to relate to prophetic cycle, I relate to day and year. Because they are cumulative. Those two cycles are cumulative. Check your seasons. And God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for the signs and seasons. And for days. Hello. This was the fourth day of God's creation, right? But that was, that was when the day of man began. Oh. That was, it was in the fourth day that God initiated their cycles. So he said, it shall be for Times and season for day and years. So, I look at prophetic cycles in day and year. Your days are so important. Before your day, before your faith will be calibrated in the order of day. And your prophetic experiences will be calibrated in the order of years. So, we can speak to years, all right? Let's go back to John 20. John chapter number 20. Now, before I go for, further, because what I want to attempt to really do is for us to look at the order of his sending. How? 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 Did he leave? What manner of life did he leave 
that characterized the apostolic, I mean Jesus himself, because he said, just as the Father sent me, so I also send you. One failure with our apostolic understanding is we think being apostolic is um, going to the world and um, and what? Preach the gospel. It's bigger than that. Being apostolic is being not just being a representative. It's being a representation. Because that was the order of Jesus. He revealed the Father in the earth. That's, that's the real apostolic life. You, you see, you said he sent me here to come and win souls. No! He will win the souls. He sent you here to be something. And that thing will help souls being one. He had that to shoot the church. As many that should be saved. All God needs from us is to take a right posture. He will do the harvest. If we really mean to win souls, most of us will not be here. We'll go to where the souls are. We won't do cosmetic ministries. If, if it's that, you're really jealous for God. Oh, I want, some, one, some guy told me last week, he said, next year is one million so, one million so. I'm raising money now for one million so, one million so. <laughs> you don't raise money for one million so. You ask the Lord for how the souls will be one. What will you have me do? Let me tell you, one thing about the true apostolic order is that you don't initiate anything. Can I preach? You see, this evening may God begin to give us a true sense of evaluation and assessment. One of the things I hate in the church is ambiguity. No more precision. And assumptions. We just, oh, see, ah, we just got um, this red signage in that church. Well, let's go and raise money and get it. No matching order. Everybody just doing what they see. That's why all of us are looking alike. The next project is how do we extend the, the pantry and uh, fill the people with. No ingenuity. That's not apostolic. It's not. Yeah, they just they just connected to solar in that church. Ah, we have to connect to solar. That's our next way. Race solar committee, solar committee. <laughs> what are your works? Are they works in faith? But they are just carnal works. That cannot stand the test of fire. You know, I will come to that. Because Jesus wants us to have 
accurate assessment. He doesn't want us to live in assumptions. He wants us to have accurate understanding. Now, let me, let me tell you this. There is a principle of the kingdom that has not changed and that will remain forever. And the principle is, it is what you have that determines your increase. The resource of heaven with you will determine your growth. Your engagement with the resource of heaven with you. So you are better be sure of what you have. As a church, what do we have? I studied 12 churches in January. The 12 churches of, of, of the book of Revelation. And one of the things that Jesus observed was their works. Legitimate. Every church is territorial. And they have different presentation. Different trophies, different victories, different failures. And Jesus didn't wink at their failure. Every experience you're having with, if you're working with Jesus, you will have a sense of evaluation. Yeah. If you're not working with Jesus, you'll be half a sad. you just be assuming. Say, I know the Lord is with me. I know the Lord is with me. I know the Lord is with me. Yes and no. Yes and no. No. <laughs> Let's know he's been with you. What does he put in your hand? When last did you look at him in the mirror and he showed you, he had to show you you are failing in this. He showed it to you. And you saw it. And you tried to dodge it. And he said, this is where we are. If you do not repent, I will put your light out. <laughs> That's Jesus talking. I don't know if you have seen that Jesus before. He was Jesus that took a man to 40 days training. 40 days training. I mean, 40 years training. At the backside of the desert, he left the palace and he brought him one day. He came to him and said, Oh, Moses. And the bush was born in the bush was not consumed. And Moses turned and said, Oh, my Lord, my Lord. He said, I'm sending you to meet Pharaoh. He said, I don't think I'm Mr. American. Don't worry. Throw this stick down. And he convinced him. And the man decided, now nah, I will return. Now that I have the I'm sure he got back home. He threw the stick down. He became He picked it again. Because if it was me, that was what I would have done. Make no say they don't fake me. <laughs> Make no say that when I reach there, it did not go show it. I shall have put the stick down and picked it again. He said, <laughs> ah, they will. I'm going. I'm going. But you know, Jesus will not tell you that the magicians too can do it. <laughs> and you know the amazing thing, Brandon, that guy was now ready to go. Zeal! And they, they were joining. They, were, they almost got to the... Then they branched in one hotel with the wife <laughs> to sleep. 
And God came and wanted to kill him. Oh! You sent him! Why should you kill him? Somebody said they should have struck that scripture at that verse out. You started, you did that in your in your Bible The Lord didn't you tell? And just because of the issues of circumcision that has been ongoing, and this guy is not putting his attention, is not, you see, then everyone will say, is this guy going to go to Israel with uncircumcision? With all the investment in his life, let's kill him, let's kill him. <laughs> and it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. After giving him a rod and putting so much in, I'm only telling you that when you are close to certain dimensions, there are certain demands that come heavily. The days of ignorance, God will, he will overlook it. He said, now at this point, you can't cross. If you do anyhow, you die anyhow. <laughs> I see here. So the Jesus who can confront you at the point where he feels, man, at this point you can't go like this. Come on. It's either you die or you change. Because the real harvest in your life that God gets is change. Because it's your change that makes you more malleable. And useful. So that's why as we behold him, we are changed. Not that we prospered. The real investment of God in your life is not prosperity. Those things can come with anything. But the real thing it achieves is when you change into his likeness. Because his agenda from the beginning was for man to come to his likeness. So the real harvest he can get is change. One of the discourse I'm having is how much of change has happened to me. Some of us, we have not changed like you. When I was looking at the 12 churches, I said, God, everybody have one issue or the other. Every of the churches. Even the ones that were, when I was studying the church at Titra, I'll close with that, I'll close with that today. I saw Jesus praising them. Then suddenly he said, Jezebel is in your heart. I said, there is no Jezebel in Titra. I look at all my documents. There is no Jezebel. Oh, God. Jezebel that had died long ago in Titra. Those spirits, they travel to Titra. Spirits don't die. And they started manipulating stuffs. And it was an excellent church in Titra. What am I saying? There must be a green for strong evaluation. Apostolic people, if you have a visitation of Jesus, it must lead you to a point of assessment. Apostolic people are just not people trying to do things for God. There are people who are stuck to the sender. 
There are things you can do for me. And you think it will impress me, but that's not utmost for me. That's not even priority for me. In fact, that is intrusion sometimes, Tommy. Intrusion. For example, in the day, <laughs> in the day where that man saw good seed in his field, and when they started germinating, the Bible said, tears also started growing. And they said, the enemy has done this. Some interested, intelligent servant. They came, they said, let's go right there and pull this. A master couldn't have done this. We allow you to say, we'll pull everything down. And he said, if you touch it, you will kill my seed. Sending is very technical. You have to be connected to the sender. There are so many apostles who are detached from the sender. They are doing their thing. I told you about a boy in my house that day who took my suit, suit brought from Italy. I was waiting to take them to the right cleaner. And the boy just cleaned everywhere and was interested in helping me further. And took my suit and went to soak them in water. Dry clean only. He was trying to help me. He said, what can I do for God to impress him by the time he come back? I have to wash this suit. There's dust on the shoulder. I'll wash it. Hey! Apostolic people, they don't initiate anything. Their works are the finished works of God. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. If that work is not here in Christ Jesus, concluded in Christ Jesus, not a good work. Because the nice project does not mean it's the good work. If I, grace is only released for finished works. The work that come in the order of seven. In the order of the seventh day. And God rested. And he finished all his work. On the seventh day. And he rested. Rest is only possible when you are working in the order of what he finished. And that means it is not you initiating it. You have to go and get it from him. That's why Jesus in the order of his sending. He moved in, I mean in John chapter number 5 and verse 19. Very regular scripture with me. John chapter number 5 and verse 19. Please, can you quickly give, give me verse 19 so I can show you the other works. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing. It's not, active, it's not how active you are in the kingdom that makes you effective. You are only effective when you are walking after his command. A lot of people are building very religious, very strong religious um, organizations, but God is not doing it. So this is all of is sending. In the order of his sending, what did he say? Most assuredly, I said to you, 
The son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. Can you see the order of our works? What has he done? That's what we do. It's not what we saw around. This is how to live an apostolic lifestyle. You have to remain connected to the heart of him that sent you. What he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does. So if I ask you, your great works, is that what he's doing? Is that what he is doing? If we must be apostolic, then we must go in the order of his sending. For he said, as the father has sent me. So in my sending, I do nothing on my own. I wait on the father to see what he's doing. So when I see what he's doing, if he's not doing anything, people cannot put pressure on me to do things. And that's one of the heaviest temptations to resist. Because if you don't show people something, they don't approve of your ministry. So every one of us is just living for activities. <coughs> and Jesus never called a conference throughout. Never called a conference. But every moment turned to a conference. He never planned a conference. And people just gather around him and it becomes a conference. And because these things are not organic, the art of people are not set. They don't have a true template of receiving the word of the Lord. So many superficials run into our organizations that erodes, that erodes the potency have you ever seen a, a revival that was planned before? In your history, church history, they planned a revival. They say, we are going to, there is going to be a revival by December. December 10th to 25th. We are going to release a revival. We are pray, pray everybody. By that time, revival will come. Revival will come. Revival will come. The best we can have is great concert. <laughs> <laughs> What you call revival comes when men are following protocols of the spirit and it accumulates. Yeah. It can start in the toilet. Yeah. It can start in the strain. You see, all this package where all of us are just, ah, we, you see, we want to pray. All of us, ah, oh, ah. <laughs> people really pray, don't do it. And I bet you, most people pray in public, don't pray privately. Most people pray like they want to die in public. They don't pray privately. Well, anyway, maybe if there are enough people at home, they can pray. So that you can hear them from their room. I know them. I took two, I took two of these guys. I took them. I took them to where I pray. So I said, you stay here. You stay here. Because if you see me, I know you will pray. I know you will pray. I know, if you see me, I know you will pray. Because you want to impress me that you are praying. You are a babe. 
In fact, real intimacy don't sell in the public. I cannot invite you to come and see where I sleep with this girl. I cannot invite you. It's my secret thing. If you really enjoy it, you won't try to say, everybody come and see. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Real intimacy is not what you talk about. Ah, yesterday, when I finished five hours, I fire. <laughs> it's only me that I've seen Jesus who asks guys to come and pray and they sleep. You, you cannot follow a geo today to pray and you sleep. Be- because the, f- the fear of the geo won't allow you to sleep. You follow Zach to go and pray. And you sleep. You are finished from that department. Because the way is even going there. You stay here. Make sure you pray. You stay here. Make sure you pray. If I come back and you are not praying, you are gone. Then you come back. You, you are promoted. You are praying. You, you are promoted. You, you, I'll show you. So Jesus will come back and meet these guys and they'll be sleeping. He said, but you can't watch just for one hour. So God, no verse, we will pray. We don't allow people to be themselves again. So we can't even do proper evaluation. Everybody's alright when we come together. Everybody's alright. Everybody's alright. Because if I ask you to start the display now, you scatter this place. If I, if, if, if I want to put you in that place, I'll tell you the Holy Ghost just came. Now the anointing is coming. As soon as I said the anointing, some of you start reacting. Do you want to follow the Lord? You have to make it a very private issue. It will matter when you are in the room alone. It will matter when you are in the class. It will matter when that boy is toasting you. Every season will be a field for the Holy Ghost to move. That was the sending of Jesus. He could just, the Holy Ghost can just start the thing anytime. Get to a well. I said, hey, please, can you give me some water? I said, water, I beg you. No, don't put me for water. Me, me and your people, they talk. I beg come out there. They say, madam, if you know the person where they follow you, you talk now. If to say you know. He said, by the way, madam, what happened to your last husband? Ah, he said, look at this man, my last husband. Ah, that one where you first married, you know, say that one, where they stay for. And he described four, five husbands. He said, even this guy where you deal with now, go soon leave you now. The conversation had begun. 
Or you get to the boat and say, uh, can, can I have your boat for use? And that's Peter. Hello. Apostolic people, we are going to take God to these common places. And it will be so effective like we are in service. Let's take service outside the churches. But we won't be able to do that if we don't do an accurate evaluation. The first is you will find out what do I have? What are the investment I have that, that Christ has put into me that I'm very conscious of? What are the things? Philemon was the one that says your communication the faith will become effectual by the acknowledgement of everything that is in you in Christ Jesus. You have to do what? You have to acknowledge. Because I want to start tying it off. I've told you I won't take your time. Not only that, you do an evaluation of where am I drifting? I told you, I look at the 12 churches. Jesus confronted all their failures. I told my mentees recently, if I don't tell you my pitfalls, then I'm not mentoring you. Pule, you know. Yes, these are my failures. The only thing you should be ashamed of are the things you have not repented of. Yeah. When you have repented, it's no longer a record. Yeah. But if you are still doing it, you should be ashamed. Yeah. I saw in the scripture that when you have repented, it's not in record. People can trade with the information, not with God. But if you have not repented, you have eaten things of shame. Not handling the word of God with craftiness. Eating things of shame. But if you have repented, you can use it as a as a reference for your mentee, not for preaching, no. People don't forgive. <laughs> don't go and use your, the, your failure to preach. They will stone you one day. But you can use it for your mentees and tell them, hey, don't pass this well. This is why I didn't... <laughs> Please, don't pass this round. If you pass this round, the guy will think that they see for dear. Somebody say with me, a true sense of evaluation. So repeatedly you see Jesus says, He that has more shall be given. So you have to be conscious of what you have. Because that's how to have more. 
you have to engage the resource of heaven that is available to you. If you are conscious, there is a grace. And you tap it. You discover that you gain more strength. Then you do good works. You be efficient. I saw Jesus, I studied, I saw Jesus saying that in repeatedly. In, in um, Matthew 13, 12, it was a discourse about the parable. Why is it that you talk to them in parables and you talk to us plainly? And he said to them, to you it is given to know. And the fact that you have access is a resource you must engage for increase. But if you are not conscious of it, even, this is the principle, even he that says he has not, even the one he has, that's to say there is nobody that does not have. Even the one he has shall be taken away. You have to be engaging with the resources of heaven that's with you. And the first is for you to be conscious of it. Uh, one of the ways to grow your hearing is to engage that grace. Engage it. When I started prophesying, I started engaging it. I discovered I have the grace to prophesy. So I prophesy. Sometimes I speak. I was so foolish that time that anything God puts in my heart, I say it. And when I say it, sometimes it makes no sense. No sense. If I, I told you one, the most embarrassing one I had was one day in, in Ikoi and I went with some family to visit a woman and the woman the woman was sleeping at, at a setback, like a, a, a bungalow, a setback of a full plot. And when I got there, and the Lord began to speak to me that that man that brought us there is building on this ground. Everything they were saying in that place, I, you know, enter my hair. I was itching to say this. Say, so when we are done, I want to tell this man, you will build here. Oh. Oh. As I pray in the spirit, Rakabashanta. Lord, release the grace for this man to build now. And that's a sign. You build in this place. I saw you building here. When we finished and we were seeing of us, seeing us to the car, I just stopped. I said, Ah, so ma, please, can I speak to this man? I said, yeah. The man said, Okay, sir. Pastor. I said, Yeah, this place, look at this place. I see you building here. I don't know if the resources are here or not. But as, as, as I pray, it's coming. Then the woman that brought me started cutting eyes for me. I said, stop it. When I finished talking, when we got in the car, he was taking us. I was just laughing. and driving. <laughs> he was just laughing. Then, then the woman that brought me, who knows that I'm not a, I'm not a chop chop prophet. Uh, ah, what pastor is saying is that you will soon build your house. He does not have to be in that place. <laughs> the, woman, the woman was helping me to cover my shame. So when we got down, the woman said, ah, Pastor, now at least you would have told me first. Ah, that man is their driver now. Do you want him to go and build in the... Ah. I felt like entering the ground. 
I said, but my, I'm so sorry, my. It's just like, uh, I think that's, that was what I was hearing. I went like a little boy. <laughs> that have been scolded. The woman said, no, 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 no. I'm not blaming you, Pastor. Uh, at least it's not today that you have been our pastor now, prophesying for us. And, uh, if you miss it once in a while, it's not. <laughs> it's, pastor, it's pardonable. Pastor, I don't want you to feel bad. Don't feel bad. I say, oh, Jesus. I said, now I will be slow to speak. I'm growing. Ah, but I didn't recover on time. But it was barely seven months. The owner of that, uh, the, the owner of the property died. Um, the second wife was living in that place. They moved out to another place, another mansion. And they said, this driver that served them for over 30 years should have that place. With money. So the man said, hey, Jesus. Hello, by me. What pastor you want? Go and look for that pastor. Then my sister. Who? Started looking for me. said, ah, pastor, you are a man of God. I am you know what you can grow by acknowledging that wish you have if you if you want to grow grow with the resource of obedience God will not trust you until you are engaging It was grace that made Paul to say, I can do all things through Christ. He thought of, some of you thought it was quotable quote. The scriptures are not quotable quotes. They are experience of people. They say, I can do all things through Christ. The strength is me. The way of increase is for you to know where you are. You don't, don't boast in what you don't have. Take stock. I think this evening you should stock take. The resource of heaven over you. And how engaging you have been. Peter said, look on us. Silver and gold, we do not. But that which we have. And sometimes... For you to make valid stock taking. Go before the Lord. Go before the Lord regularly. Don't let him come until you go. Go and say, Lord, this weekend, I want assessment.
That's how to be in touch with your sender. And he'll be speaking to you like the 12 churches. His appearance to each of them was almost different. To some, he's the one with the eyes like a burning flame and the feet like brass. And I, I started making my writings, what it depicts. And he was speaking to them differently. One that I love so much, that I love for us to pray with, is the one to the tetra. Revelations. The church at Tetra. They were well applauded. And maybe I'll take you up from there the next time I'm speaking. But I'd like for you to know that your sense of sending is not abstract. Your sense of sending must be with a true connection. It was the way he was sent, that's how you were sent. And the way you were sent was in the order of loyalty to the Father. Whatever I see the Father do, that's the order of his works. Because in your sending, your works will be evaluated. Okay, come with me to Revelation chapter number. Is it 2.18? 2.18, right? Come with me to Revelation chapter. Let me use this as a prototype for assessment. The angel of the, the, angel of the Lord, the angel of the church in Tytra. I won't stay in verse 18 because I'm still building my strong thoughts on verse 18. And I think God is showing me so much, but it's not ready. So I'll, because I'll speak about the angel of the church and I'll also speak about the son's appearance because there is nothing you see documented here that does not speak to something in the spirit and in our walk with God. The one with the eyes like flame of fire is significant. The one with the feet like fine brass is, is significant. But that's not where I'm dwelling. I'm going to verse 29. This is the assent, assessment. I know your works. That's being in touch with the sender. You know, it's fine when your pastor says, I know your works. <clears throat> but accurate judgment can't come from there. It's fine when you say, you know my works. But accurate judgment can, you can't get assessment from there. It's only your sender that gives you accurate assessment. And every man who wants to work in a true sending must go in through assessment. You must carry a sense of true evaluation. Paul said, even when I see nothing in myself, in this I'm not justified. He that judgeth me is the Lord. When he was speaking to the Corinthians. He that judgeth me is the Lord. It is not, he said it's a little thing for me to be judged by you or by human judgment. He said it doesn't really move me. When all of you are saying, oh, what a super preacher. Oh my God, when you bring that prophet, he was cut ground. If you go by the way of men, you miss it. Your lamp will go out. 
But if you want to keep relevance in your apostolic sending, you'll have to stay with assessment. You have to strive for it. If peradventure, your heart has been tuned and tilted towards men, God must help you to recover. Some of you don't sleep until you get feedback from men. You don't. You just did one worship. You led us through great worship. And you say, ah, oh. Do you know I lost my voice? After singing so well. If you didn't lose your voice, what would you do? You know? She just did super. Oh, you know, these my girls are powerful. Then when she finishes, she says, ah, oh. She wants, she wants validation. I say, oh, I don't know why I just messed up today. Ah, you mess up like that. Fire. You cannot mess up. You. You mess up. For where? He said, no, 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 no. Seriously. Seriously. I was trying to take warm water and tom tom in the morning. But I didn't deliver. Or maybe you are like my friend, my preacher friend. He said, I said, how was it? Ah, I said, powerful. He said, oh, you mean it? I was just, it was just my introduction. <laughs> it's, I'm serious. I was, see, see my paper. My only introduction. As I just, they touched my introduction, they just, I just look at them. They don't have ears for this. If I open it, These are men whose hearts are tilted towards men. If you are tilted towards men, you are cut off from your sender. Can I speak to you? So can you stand with Jesus to let him say, I know your works. And when Jesus is talking to you and says, I know your works, he's not talking about your performance. He's going to find out if your works correlate with what your purpose is. It's going to look at your works based on Philippians 2.10. The things you are created in Christ Jesus to walk in. Not to walk out, but to walk in. It's a finished work. That's why you walk in it. And those ones, those patterns only come from him. He's the one that prompts you and says, he makes you do some things that are not popular. I say, oh, there are some there are some ministry calls that are very noble, but humble. Humble. It might just be God putting an initiative in you to go check on people and families. It's not even pastor. And to be praying for them. And God says, see that lady. Those are the times God, the times when God was training us. We were praying for people we do not know. I will be praying for people on my streets. I will lie down. I say, Lord, I pray for all the boys. Father. Then I'll fall asleep and see a vision about them. One day, one of my neighbors, a banker, I was praying, I was praying. And I fell asleep, I saw a vision. And I saw him on a rig. I know, 
Is that what you call it? Those things in the water, on the water. And he fell in the water. They were trying to get him from the water. <sighs> he didn't get him. Then he came back to announce to me that he's gone and dead. Then the man, the, a man stood beside me and said, won't you now go and tell him not to go to the rig because it's about going there. Then I woke up. Ah. I said, I don't talk to him. How will I go and meet somebody that I didn't talk to? What about if he's not going to the rig? I said, I beg, I no go go. Then one of my friends is late now who was close to him, came to me and said, ah, hey, that brother, God just blessed him. He just got an oil company job. Big pay! You'll be going to the rig. <laughs> then I lost my peace. I said, no, Lord, don't let him go. God said, that's why I showed you. And that's, your, that's his salvation. So you go there and tell him. And good enough, he's older than me. And also a pastor in the redeem. So, and as I was going out that morning, he drove out. I said, sir, well done, sir. He said, hey, how are you, my brother? I said, sir, I'd just like to talk to you. I don't know if it's all right. He said, okay, maybe in the evening when I come back. I prayed from morning till evening. <laughs> By evening, I went to his house. I now receive boldness. I said, it was the dream of my night. And I saw you. You were on the waters. It was like you were walking on the waters. And one thing led to another, you fell in the waters. And the Lord said, he doesn't want you to die. Anything that will take you to the rig, please don't go. And he said, oh, sir, sit down. He went inside. Came back with offer letters, employment letters, everything. He said, this is from an oil company. My line of duty will be taking me offshore. He said, look at me. You are a servant of God sent to me. I'm not going there. <laughs> he said, the offer is beautiful, but I'm not going there. Then we became friends. Then when we started doing small, small ministries, I found in. He said, Pastor, are you doing any outreach next? I said, yes, we are doing small. He said, okay, I will send you 200,000. I know those days was 20,000. Today that is 200. You allow Jesus to say, I know your works. Not the one you initiated, but the one he initiated. <clears throat> so he said, I know your works. Then the next assessment, your love. Your love and faith. Somebody say love and faith. I know your works. Love. See, when Jesus began to give us his assessment as apostolic people, one major parameter is love. If we breach that, we are nowhere. We are not effective. If we don't, if we don't understand. And you see this thing called love. It's not what we think it is. It took me time to know that love is not emotions. I started love by buying teddy bear. I didn't know that's not love. That's not love. Love is bigger. The template of love is sacrifice. It's yieldedness. It's wasting. 
is death to self. Those are the templates of love. It is in, it's in the place of love that your, your self will die. The self-life will die. Jesus will become king. He will tell you to go and do good to a man that despitefully used you. And you become bitter. <laughs> Just like one guy. Rich, young, ruler. And Jesus said, he said, what will I do to enter to, to inherit internal life? He said, do all that has been commanded. And he said, hey, that is a path. From my childhood till now, I've done everything. And he was in line because Jesus would have told him, who do you think you are talking to? Because Jesus would have given two, given two references quickly. Okay, ah, uh, you. And so that last week, Tuesday, when you were in uh, the garage, what were you doing? But that guy had been so diligently keeping the laws. And the Bible said, oh, the Bible said, Jesus loved him. You see, for God so loved the world, that's the beginning of the love. When you begin to deal with Jesus, he will not be loving you higher. When Jesus loved him, he said, sell all that you have. What a love. Are you ready for love? Are you ready for love? The Bible said, and... Uh, because that guy is always faster than me. He must have been there. Jesus looking at him, loved him. Does somebody want to love him back? Loving him is obedience. Oh. And Jesus loved him. I stayed on this verse for so long. That Jesus can love you to mess you up. He said, this is the template of love. So you say, I love you. And I don't want you to do this. I said, this is the right thing to do. He said, I love you. Will you love me back? He can love you enough to say you shouldn't marry a guy. Can love you enough to say you could quit a job and it doesn't make sense. If I messes you up, this is how Jesus loved him. Said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, you will have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. How does you, I mean, rich, young ruler, everything in his favor? He was young, he was rich, he had authority. Uh -uh. I said, should sell everything. Not just to sell everything and start again. That was still understandable. If you had said, go start again. Then you said, the Lord is investing in me to grow bigger than before. But come and carry cross. What, somebody say, what a love. How many of you still want Jesus' love?
I just raised an example for you. Because he said to that church in Titra, I know your love. That means they've gone to some levels of sacrifice. You see, in the beginning, you'll be talking about, ah, God so loved you. When you get to a point, you'll be talking about, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It's not yet come to the heart of any man. What God has prepared for them that love him, not that he loves again. You'll be loving back. Because the real commitment will be to those who have walked the path of love. You can be very energetic in praying. They'll put that in one side. The next evaluation will be your love. Your works. Your love. You can now talk about your service. I don't have all the time. Your service. Is it to ask unto the Lord or ask unto pastor? Some of you will take only away from here now and take him to London. He won't see you again. Yeah, that guy they brought, he's not, it's not, he doesn't have swag. And everybody have what God has given to them. Yeah. I used to think I love, um, you think I want something to mention your name? Desola, yeah. I used to think so Desola was the great preacher here. Until I used to see Obi one day, just I just what is this? <laughs> he just came on a zoom in. He said, Church, um, I just I just want you to um, you know I I <laughs> he will laugh small and when he started when he started breaking the things, I said, oh, 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 oh. I thought this guy was just an administrator. <laughs> your service, your love, the text of your works. I come back. I want us to pray a bit. I'll come back. Your patience. It's another, it's another, it's another place in the protocol of, of, of your sending. Your patience. There's a column called patience. There's a column there called patience. It's going to be your patience. How you've been tried. It's not speaking in tongues now. How you've been tried. Your patience. Your wife will test your patience. Your husband will test your patience. Your friends. Your boss. And God will not allow your boss being transferred. <laughs> One day I, I asked God, I said, why this? He said, some things you cannot receive in a pleasurable atmosphere. You cannot develop long suffering in a pleasurable atmosphere. And fruit of the spirit. It's called long suffering. Hey. Long suffering. They want to see how much you can withstand suffering.
patience. You don't react. One day, when I was learning patience, I had a man of God said a prayer and I adopted it. He said, you see those days. It's an American preacher. He said, see those days. I wake up in the morning and I say, Lord, I thank you for helping me to take my cool. <laughs> so I said, oh, that's lovely. Lord, I thank you for helping me to take my cool. <laughs> to be calm. Not to react. Yes, you know what to say, but you choose not to react. And when you adopt that, increase will begin to come. Before, before they say five, you have said 17. Because you can't defend yourself. You're always very smart to defend yourself. You can't relegate me. You can't relegate me. You can't relegate me. You can't relegate me. Because I marry you does not mean I don't have a degree. Are you still here? There is a column called patience. Your patience. Your walks again. You now came back to your walks. The last are more than the first. Can you get on your feet? Do you want to go in the order of Jesus is sending? Then you can't afford to be disconnected. There is no assumption in, in, in your journey with him. He has the prerogative of intent always. He must be the one that knows his intention. You must keep waiting. Yeah. If he has said to you, go to Mount Moriah of three days journey and offer up Isaac. That may not necessarily mean that he wants a human sacrifice. You have to wait on him all the way. Because at the end of the road, he might tell you, see, there's a ram there. Patience. 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 Some of us are becoming fathers. Can God give us the grace to raise generation that is called Isaac, a generation that has thoroughly known the God of their father. I ask the Lord, can I raise an Isaac? The hallmark of this Isaac is, is dead to self. Is, is, is patience. How can you take a boy who can walk three days who can carry stuffs? Who knows? Who has been to sacrifice many times? And you carry that guy. And the guy asks you, Sir, it's not the first time we are going for sacrifice. Where is the animal? And the guy said, And Abraham said, God will provide for himself. What kind of God did Abraham show to Isaac? That when he got there, 
his father began to tie him and his face had changed. And he looked at the face of his father. And the father said, And he began to tie the boy. And the boy didn't revolt and cried. And said, hey, my father wants to kill. And he offered himself like a lamb for the slaughter. And I heard his heart saying, if it is for this God of my father that I've seen over days, then he's right. So Isaac became the strongest link in that genealogy. They were tying the guy. He was patient. He was dead. They tied him up fully. And they were sharpening the knife. And he looked at his father. And, he said, ah. and his father said, What was he asking? Am I the one? And the father said, Yes. But they won't use language. They will only use sign language. And he said, yes. I will always say yes to the God of my father. If it is this God of Abraham that I have seen, I will be here. I said, God, can I raise a generation that will make that lawyer? It means there was a loyalty in Abraham that was transferred. Can I raise children who can lay on the bed of sacrifice and they won't question me and say, Father, have you done this before? Have you died before? How can I present a generation to you that will bring loyalty? Loyalty. And there was no argument. Isaac was laid to rest. Bound. It was the spirit of Isaac that was on, on, on Saul. Or Paul. When Agabus told him. As you go to Jerusalem. You'll be bound. He said I'm not just ready to be bound. I know your patience. I know your love. Mm. How much of trust can you have in him? Can you call it love when you say you sell everything? Can you still call it love? When he says sell everything. Give it to the poor. Come follow me. Will you call it love? Your own love language is when he gives you new gifts. And when he takes you out. But sometimes his love is placing serious demand on you but it will not give you what you cannot bear do we really want to love him back my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands, tens of thousands, my beloved is the most beautiful.
Can you call him your beloved? want you to pray in your heart. Every move that Jesus makes towards you is motivated by love. And he wants rebellion to die. It's always motivated by love. Even when it interrupts you. Even when he interrupts you. Even when he interrupts you. Even when he interrupts you. For you, you won't love it. You would have loved a divorce, but that's not. He loved you, so he said no. For you, you would have loved to stab, but he said no. I love you. It's whatever he tells you is motivated by his love. And do you want to love him back? He said, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, you will keep my commandment. My beloved is the most beautiful I'm on thousands of thousands, my beloved. I know your patience. I know your patience. I know your patience. I know your patience. Where is your patience? Thousands, my beloved. The most beautiful among thousands, thousands, my beloved is the most beautiful. Sing to Yeshua. Sing to Yeshua. 
want you to allow your heart to invite Yeshua. You see, in that John chapter number 20, it was all closed door. But he was searching for his own. And he came in there and he gave them a proof that he was the one. And that's Yeshua for you. And, and today, that's what he does. He's still going after his own. They had failed him. He looked for them. There's somebody here. You need another visitation of Yeshua. Without anybody trying to push you into any experience, let your heart just cry again till you see Jesus again. To cry. That's all I want you to do this evening. And you see, most times he looks for his own. He breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Ghost. He set them on motion again. There are so many of you that will be set on motion again. There are so many of you that will be taken away from liturgy. There are so many of you that will be taken away from your weakness. From your confinement of fear. Because Jesus will walk in there. It doesn't really matter how the room looks like. He's going to walk in there. He's a lover. He looks for his lover. He goes after them whose heart reaches out for him. And I want you to cry to Yeshua again. I said, if I need anyone, I need you again. I need another you, another experience of you. I need you to come. I need you to come. I need you in my space. I need you to come overwhelmingly. I can't describe the way I need you. But I know that I need you. I know that I need you. I know that I need you. Mother, I need power. Mother, I need authority. Mother, that I need those things that, that makes for sustainers. I need you to walk in my space again. I need you to come in my space again. I need you to hear your tender voice again. I need you to speak to me again. I need you to overwhelm my heart again. I need you to show me the way of love again. Show me the way of patience. Show me the way of sending. Show me the way of your works. I need you again, Jesus. Sing to Yeshua. Ah, 
for a good sermon, we want an experience. Even when Thomas was not there and they told him and Thomas said, I refuse to believe until I see him, I feel his palms, I feel his side. Yeshua came back again. He came back to them again. He came again. He came again. I am saying I'm going to convince my beloved. I'm going to come to my beloved. I'm going to embrace my beloved again. I'm going to breathe on my beloved again. Yes, I will. Speak in the spirit for a moment. Oh, Le coselianto o monoko e kelenaso ramiano akabarodosia abaya barama alabarosia namasi kalabada aya manasia Yeshua 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 
Yes, sir.